Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this episode where we have a very special one-on-one interview for you guys with some of the creators behind the latest Star Wars adventure, Young Jedi Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Charlotte actually got to do this uh, one-on-one interview solo, which is pretty exciting. Sad for me. I had some other... couldn't make it work this time, but I was really excited for you and you did such a great job. I'm like so proud of you. Thank you. It was weird to not have you there, but honestly, it was kind of fun. Like <laughs> I, I liked it because here's why. It got to be a little bit more conversational because it like we weren't like popcorning questions as we usually do, right? Yeah. So I feel like it was it was an interesting experiment. I missed you when we were there. But it was still really fun. And it's funny because yesterday, so happy May the 4th, happy Star Wars Day. It's funny because this is the second time that James Waugh is on our show this week, this week yeah. the third time on our show. Third time we've seen him in the past like three weeks between yeah. Star Wars Celebration <laughs> and uh, these two interviews. Yeah, it's great. Why don't we roll the interview? So we had we talked to James Waugh, who's the executive producer of Young Jedi Adventures, Michael Olson, who is the showrunner and also the executive producer, and then Lamont McGee, who's the consulting producer for Young Jedi Adventures. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Hi, everyone. I'm Charlotte Erdy from Sky Talkers. It's so great to talk with you all today. Thanks so much for taking the time. I love the show so i'm really thrilled to talk with you all today oh, um, thanks, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah thank you so my first question is about the writing process so what is the writing process on a show like young jedi adventures and how do you decide what scenarios that the kids get involved in mm, that is that is a heady question right there yeah um you know first off we're trying you know we're we're, we're making a star wars show so we want to make sure that we honor the, the heightened storytelling, the swashbuckling nature of Star Wars, but also make sure that we convey certain lessons and themes that feel authentic to this age group. And so we kind of start from uh, our own experiences, the writer's room. We typically talk about sort of the lessons or challenges that we faced as young kids and look for ways to kind of turn those into big, epic, crazy swashbuckling stories with spaceships and space pirates. Um, and so it really starts from 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 our own experiences and those lessons and themes, and then kind of grows from there. Yeah, to piggyback on what Michael said, it's it's literally the. Uh, do you remember when you were afraid? You're trying to teach people how to overcome fear, like feeling what it's like, what it feels like to not fit in, and and finding like your place with your friends. It's just all the lessons that we want to teach and like impart on these kids, but you build the fun stories out of them. It's kind of like when you pick an outfit, some people pick their shoes and build the outfit around their shoes. I may be one of those people. So (laughs) you pick the lesson and you build the story around the particular lesson you want to tell, which makes it fun. It's like, once you, once you find out this episode is about sharing, then you just build the episode around that. And for film, that's what we're looking for. I mean, it always comes down to the character story. You know, the ones that I, I think we we have dialogue about are the ones that are like, well, what cool world building thing do we want to do? Uh, that we really want to focus on the human story with these. And Definitely. 
kind of masterful job for the demo. Yeah. What were some of your inspirations for the series? Mm, well, you know, visually, we were inspired by this artist named Joey Chu, who uh, has this incredible, almost like storybook, like paper cutout, vibrant color look. And we just really wanted to do a, a, you know, create a show that had a special and unique look that would appeal to young kids. And he, his artwork really was a, a key inspiration for us. Um, so I would say visually that's, that, that was something that was important. James, is there anything you want to talk about? <clears throat> no, I mean, I, I think we had a, we sort of found this show together through development when it came to like, what was the right show? I mean, Michael had a great take. Um, with really, I mean, a lot of these characters are very, very much where this started. Um, but I think like finding how do you translate it to Star Wars and keep the 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 purity of Star Wars, what Star Wars feels like, looks like, um, you know, what are those values that need to be inherent? What what's the adventure like? The, in the world building commitment, I, I think all of those things had to kind of evolve. And I think like this show could have been, we we knew from the start that it had to still hold and fit within the broader Star Wars storytelling in a way that this is, this is happening in the High Republic somewhere <laughs> in the High Republic, you know, and um, people who are fans of that needed to feel that. Um, so I think we had to figure it out together. I, I don't know if there was any analog, you know, this is sort of no. building from the ground up on this one. It is uh, a lot of work, a lot of love and a lot of hours. Yeah. Like, but definitely a lot of love for Star Wars, a lot of love for the era, a lot of love for Basic, basically, for me, it's making miniature versions of Lake Lua, Lake of Lake Luke, Leia, Han. Uh, just like when I was a kid watching Star Wars for the first time, when I first saw it, I was like seven or eight, and I would have loved to have had a Nubs, a Liz, and a Kai, and just to be able to identify, to be able to walk me into this Star Wars world. And for us to be able to to give that to this generation of kids, best thing ever. Well, and that's it. The bold challenge here was this could be a whole generation's first introduction to this galaxy we love so much, this galaxy that means so much to so many people. And this had to be an, a worthy first step that if you go down the path and you continue uh, to to fall in love with the depths of all the Star Wars universe. That this feels right at home and was the right uh, right first step for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll add to that too. You know, George Lucas talked a lot about in in the in the movies that there were motifs and themes that sort of got echoed, not necessarily repeated. And so it was really important to me that we honored that spirit as best we could with this audience to find both visually what those themes and motifs are, but also sp almost like spiritually the kinds of stories we're telling, the mythic storytelling and those elements, and also the kinds of characters, the archetypes that he played with 
and made sure that this show kind of honored those motifs so that when kids watch the show and then graduate to the next iteration of Star Wars, it feels familiar and different as they move on. And so that was really, really important to me as well. I love that. I think that it's so important for Star Wars to feel reflective in a lot of ways, but also new. So I think that that's so great. And what a great introduction for kids to have in this show. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about the challenges and exciting bits of deciding to set this show during the High Republic era. A lot of our listeners love that era. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. It's a wonderful era. I think more and more, one of the things we we love about this era, but it's also a challenge of this era is we're really building it together with these creators, multiple different creators and multiple different mediums at the same time. And so, you know, we have a very clear vision of what the High Republic as an era means, the world building sort of fundamental elements, you know, uh, in place. We have an amazing Bible from Pablo Fontaglia, as you'd imagine. Um, but it's an era that's so undefined that the excitement of, of working in it is that there's a lot of unanswered questions, even for us at Lucasfilm. And I think we want it that way because what we want to be able to do is be able to work with really incredible creators and writers and artists and directors and game designers um, to help shape it with us. And, you know, that's, I, I feel that that's our role as stewards of this at Star at, at Lucasfilm is to help make sure that it is right. These are the right choices. It fits together, it holds together. But what we don't want to do is define it all completely because there's so much potential there um, and so many incredible partners that can really help us to shape this, this thing. So all to say there's so much magic in that, but there's also a lot of moments, and I'm sure both Michael and the monk can speak to it, of, hey, what does this thing look like? Or what what's going on with this in, during this era? Um, or what, what do we have, you know, as reference for this? And, you know, there are a lot of times, unlike so many of our other eras, where it's, um, that's a good question. I don't know. We haven't been asked the question before. We haven't defined it. We have to figure this out together. Um, and you have to think through all the other implications. Um, but it's really, it's something we're, we're sort of excavating together and it's, it's, it's wonderful that way. But, um, you know, all of it is to serve good storytelling and good character work, which these guys do so well. Uh, yeah, the challenges and gifts of, of working in the, the uh, High Republic, like James said, I think the challenges are some, we are all kind of creating this together and so there's a lot of questions but that also provides on the flip side the the yin and yang of it is that we get to make up a lot of things that yeah. will kind of carry on forward and so that's been such uh, uh, uh an incredible experience to to have that additionally you know the high republic as you know at least in this this phase that we're in is the jedi are at their height it's a time of optimism of hope the the people of the galaxy welcome the jedi with open arms and they look up to them. And that's exactly the kind of feeling and the kind of approach I felt as a kid looking up to Luke Skywalker. And, I'm, and I feel like this is a perfect era for our show because we can set it and have our kids be aspirational in the show and kids at home can kind of look up to them and know that this is a fun, swashbuckling, adventurous, optimistic, passionate time. So, uh, so it's it's been a lot of fun. 
uh, to, to piggyback on that. It's been amazingly fun. And to be able to create bridge little gaps in the high Republic here and there, working with all these people, being able to maybe throw some stuff in that becomes canon. And now forever you've touched star Wars. Like it is a, it's an amazing gift. Um, but I, the thing I really love about this era, as these two gentlemen said, it's, it's such a hopeful, bright, shiny, optimistic era of, you know, just learning about yourself and, uh, working together and just learning how to be like just good people, like through, through the lens of like, like James said, everyone, everyone likes the Jedi. So you can go anywhere. You can go on these adventures. You can see these different worlds and to have these kids experience this stuff and, and, and kind of learn on the fly. And like, uh, to me, that is, super fun because these kids are going to be watching this and realizing I want to go on adventures. Like they aren't scared. I'm not going to be scared either. Like they were afraid of the dark, but they figured out how this is not a story. I'm just throwing this out there. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, but they're afraid of the dark, but they figured out how to not be afraid, be afraid of the dark with their friends. It's just, it's an, it's an amazing gift. This totally. show in general. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, just one more question, because I know we're a little close on time, but I have to ask about Nubs. So everyone's so obsessed with Nubs, including myself. Did you know that <laughs> Nubs was going to take hold of the internet like this, that we were all going to be so obsessed with Nubs? Oh, man, I'm so delighted with the response. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, it was certainly a big, a big swing for us, actually, and, and for me. And it, he was a character that I knew I wanted in this show from day one. And I was very nervous to pitch the idea of a new species to Lucasfilm. Um, but uh, I'm so glad that people have resonated with him. He is, you know, the heart of our show, and meaning like he's the character that 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 conveys a lot of the emotions, the ups and downs that maybe our younger part of our audience might have if they were on these adventures. And so he's such a delight to, to write for too, even though he doesn't speak basic. Um, and uh, and then to see D. Bradley Baker's performance just make him come to life in a way that uh, I could have never even imagined, or better than I could have imagined, has been a true gift. It's been a lot of fun. I cannot wait for Halloween. Yes, <laughs> I, it is one of my most favorite thoughts. When we were breaking this, and we we had an inkling that Nubs, like Michael nailed it, like, but we had an inkling that Nubs was gonna be be liked uh but nubs is beloved like nubs probably has his own fan pages right now nubs uh, nation nubs nation baby <laughs> so but to me it's like to see kids like get these costumes and walk around during halloween or or like whatever events i'm not going to name the events people can go to and dress up but those events like just see these little kids and their parents dress like Obi-Wan. Again, I can't. It's the dream come true. Like, lifelong Star Wars fan, like Michael and James. Yeah. 
It's very special. I, I don't know if I have time for one more question, maybe. One thing that we ask on our show to everyone we possibly can is the Star Wars dinner question. If you could bring one Star Wars character or creator to dinner and the object is good conversation, who would you bring? Maybe we could rapid fire do this really fast. Well, clearly it has to be nubs. <laughs> I mean, great conversation and a big appetite. So, yes. Uh, Lando, uh, I, I bet he mix, mixes a great drink. Oh, <laughs> uh, you stole my Lando, man. Ah, sorry. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, sit down. You know he had stories for years. Mm-hmm. And then he'll beat you in poker. Yeah. And some of them are true and some of them aren't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's just, he's just lulling you into a false sense of security so he can steal your ship. Yeah. Like, straight, but, you, but you'll leave with a story. You know you're in for a good time, Lando. Lando. Stole my ship. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you all so much for talking with me today. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to hear this and for everyone to watch the show. It's so great. Thanks. Thank you. Great talking with you. All right. So that was Charlotte's interview with some of the executive producers and writers behind Young Jedi Adventures. And I... I'm really excited for this show. I think it's it's super fun. It's very cute. We've gotten to see a number of the episodes so far, and it's just a good Star Wars time. And I got to say, I was with my nieces and nephew uh, a couple weeks or last week, I guess, this past weekend, and uh, we put on the Young Jedi Adventure shorts that are up on Disney+. Plus. And my youngest nephew, Beckham, he's, what, 18 months, something like that, almost two. And when Nubs came on screen, he was so delighted. He was just absolutely thrilled <laughs> with Nubs, Nubs, which I think is part of the chorus. And I'm just, I'm really excited to be able to show uh, my younger niece and nephew this show. And I'm just excited to have it as part of the, the Star Wars world. I know. It's really great that they created a show that is specifically potentially a gateway show mm-hmm. into Star Wars. And I think it's really needed I really like that they chose the High Republic as the time period too. And yeah, like Caitlin mentioned, we have seen it a lot of the episodes and I think it's great. I really like it. Um, I have been known to be one of those people who has watched Bluey as an adult. Oh yeah. And it's so embarrassing. But the way that these, the show is set up is that there's two episodes in one episode. So there's a 10 minute episode and then a 10 minute episode in one episode, if that makes sense. And if you watched it, you know, and I, it's a great little lesson in 10 minutes. I love it. <laughs> I really love these characters. I especially love Liss and I also love Nubs. As I said, Nubs Nation represent. <laughs> it was really fun to talk with the people who work on it. It's clear that they love this too and can't wait to see it out in the world. If you're listening to this on Star Wars Day, happy Star Wars Day. It's a great day to celebrate <laughs> Star Wars. And uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, I think we wanted to talk about also how this was James's second time answering our Star Wars dinner question. And before I didn't get to mention this when I was recording, but before he his answer to the Star Wars dinner question it was Dooku, and this time it was Nubs, <laughs> which is great. Such a the, could not the, be it's just different. Such more difference. different than Count Dooku <laughs> and Nubs. <laughs> it's perfect. As you guys probably have noticed, 
we're on a time limit when we do these sort of press interviews. And sometimes we can, we can sneak in the Star Wars dinner question. Sometimes we can't. And when we do, we can really only sneak in the abbreviated version, meaning we ask one person that they could take to dinner. And I can't do the whole explaining of it all because we're really on a time limit. Like usually it comes in the end and I just, I want to explain this just so that people know (laughs) what happens is we're in zoom and the moderator is like 30 seconds left, one minute left. And you're like, Oh my God, maybe I can squeeze it in. Maybe I can't. And it's all dependent on whether or not there's time. And usually like, let's be honest, I I would prefer to hear a little bit more about the show itself than asking the dinner question because sometimes the dinner question takes a while. And we know that from recording with friends and everything. Like the dinner question can take like 15 minutes (laughs) as people talk (laughs) through it. So anyway, I just I felt like we needed to address the fact that sometimes we get to ask it and sometimes we don't because we used to say that we ask every guest. And the truth is, we don't anymore. We can't. <laughs> so okay. as it's, much as we'd like to. It's really only been like one time, I think, we haven't been able to, <laughs> to ask In the one-on-one. So but like we, have, yeah. we didn't get to ask like Dave Filoni. We, okay. We don't get to ask in the round table. That's a round table situation. Yeah. That's different. Uh, we only get one question, one or two questions most in those. So uh, I think that is understandable. But yeah, we've been really lucky, actually, that we've been able to ask it in most uh, 90% of our one-on-one interviews. Um, you may have noticed it's not in the in our Visions uh, interview that we did for Volume 2. Uh, that's up now if you've listened to that. And uh, like Charlotte said, it kind of, it's if we have enough time, and usually we're fortunate enough that we do. And I also think that the talent likes that question, too. And so they're always like, oh, this is like kind of a fun way to end it. And I feel like we right. always get like an extra 30 seconds or something with that. But our moderator uh, for the vision throwing the whole thing off. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> our moderator for the visions volume two. She was she was on it. She, she was very uh, punctual, which is great. And I appreciate you, yeah, that. you have to stay punctual and stuff like that. Uh, so we, we ran out of time with that one. But um, luckily, James was on the next day. So we just got to ask <laughs> Again. <laughs> Sorry to Josh and Jackie. We didn't get to do that. But yeah. 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 But I I love I love their answers. Um with Nubs and Lando. It's just I think it's a perfect combo, actually. I would I would like for them all to have dinner together and Lando and Nubs to be <laughs> a duo because I really think there's something there. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And I also was really happy to hear from Lamont too, because at Star Wars Celebration, when they did the Young Jedi Adventures panel and preview, it was just James and Michael. And so it was really mm-hmm. nice to get to hear from Lamont on the on the project too. Totally. Yeah. I really appreciated it. Also, I don't know if we've talked about this or we didn't talk about this when we did our visions interview yesterday, but we have videos of these. So if you want to watch us <laughs> It's on YouTube, so you can watch this interview <laughs> on YouTube if you want, and also the Visions one on YouTube. I, I have scheduled them. They should be up. So If you want to watch. Um, if you want to watch them. <laughs> yeah, I think it was super fun. I am bummed that I wasn't able to be there with you to do it, but I'm glad that it went well, and it seems like you had a great time, and you did a really great job asking asking our questions. Thanks. Thanks. It was really, really fun. And of course, thank you so much to Lucasfilm for this amazing opportunity. And 
yeah, I hope you all enjoy your May the 4th. I wonder what else is being released today. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. How are our credit cards doing? <laughs> so bad. So I know bad. they're just they're doing so, so bad. <laughs> what Starbucks mugs am I going to get? I don't know. Mustafar. Mustafar. Mustafar is number one. Yeah. You know, Coruscant, though, I, I want. Coruscant, I do want the Coruscant one is really cool. But if you know, you know how it can get crazy sometimes. And if I can only get one. It's Mustafar. Yeah. yeah. I didn't buy one last year, I f- which is I forget what the weird. planets were last year. They were Navarro. Yeah. And there was a good one, and I forget what it was. Oh, the Naboo one, Caitlin. I didn't buy it. That's – something happened. Silly. Yeah. Something, yeah. Went, something <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> I think I bought a lot of other stuff. And I think – oh, I remember – the reason why I didn't get the Naboo one, I'm going to defend myself, is we were two weeks out from Star Wars Celebration. Oh. And I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I cannot spend so much on May the 4th. Yeah. When I'm we're going to California in mm-hmm. like two weeks. Yeah. So that's why. And I regret it. And I remember seeing it there actually <laughs> in Disneyland and being like, no way that is that going to survive in my suitcase. So again, filled with regret. Maybe I'll be able to get the Naboo one again later, but I definitely want the Mustafar one. So because I love my Bespin one, I love that one. Yeah, I have. Um, I know some people collect them all. I don't have them all. I have Bespin and Endor are the two I have, and I would love to add Mustafar and Coruscant, but really Mustafar into that mix. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we bought pretty much the exact same things last year on May the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It really felt like we just doubled each of our orders. We like divided and conquered our May the 4th order. Maybe that'll be this week. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, the, uh, enough talk about May the 4th that hasn't even happened yet, but is happening actively, potentially, as you, the listener, are listening to this. So I uh, hope it's going well for you. Hope you're celebrating. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And thank you guys, as always, for listening uh, to Sky Talkers. And it's because of you that we get to do these fun opportunities. So I hope uh, you are enjoying our coverage of things like Visions, Volume 2, and Young Jedi Adventures. And you're enjoying the shows themselves because they are great. And we can't wait to talk about them more. So I think that is going to wrap up our show. If you want to talk to us about all the things you're buying on May the 4th or your um, reaction to Young Jedi Adventures, you can find us on Twitter at SkytalkersPod or our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all good places to find us. And if you have a second to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we would really appreciate it. It helps other people find our show. Or if you want to screenshot yourself listening to the show in real time on your phone and post it to your favorite social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, any of those places and tag us, we would love to share it um, on that platform. And again, another great way to uh, tell people that you're listening to the show and that you think they should do. So we would love it if you took a minute to do that as well. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Blast Points, Another Skywalker, John, Stephanie, Tom, Talking Bay 94, Talia, Daniela, Heidi, Adam, Emma, Kelly, Chris, Colton, Rachel, Anders, Patty, Sophie, Logan, and Colin. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Thank you.